I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. I love the game of basketball. Hello, everybody. Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to the Toronto Raptors 112-92 loss to the LA Clippers. Riker, I hope the intro pleased some Raptors fans out here because this game, despite the fact we got to see Kawhi get a ring, despite the fact we had the most hype videos going into this game, it was it was a heartbreaker. Yeah, we need all the smiles we can get in Raptor land right now, Ben. I'm disappointed. You know, we haven't even been able to compete in any of these games that we've lost against contenders. The Celtics, mm. the Heat, 76ers recent game, the Clippers. We just, we're not even staying in these games, Ben, and there's a real underlying issue here. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe we'll uncover it, but it's something's going on here with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, tonight, obviously, the return of Kawhi Leonard, return of our, our finals MVP, and, you know, the Toronto Raptors did not step up to the plate like they, they really have in the last few games, and you brought it up. We've really struggled against some of the top-tier teams, and it's 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 a big question mark about what it comes down to because I've been bringing up that we need that, you know, Siakam's trying to assert himself as the superstar role as the number one option, 24 points for him, four rebounds tonight, but... The difference between Pascal Siakam's 24 points and Kawhi Leonard's 23 points tonight is when when the Clippers needed a bucket, when the Clippers had a run going and needed a shot that to completely demoralize the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard gave it to him. When the Toronto Raptors needed to to combat a run, to throw a counterpunch, to to get the team going, it wasn't Siakam hitting those timely shots. He got most of his shots. You know, in the flow of the offense, when the, the ball was swinging, when other people got it going, it was honestly Norman Powell who really sparked a few of the runs that we had in this game. And th- that's the difference. I, I've been bringing it up. Kawhi Leonard, I use him as the main example because we saw him all last season. He hits timely shots when it matters. And he gets the buckets when the team needs it. And that's the difference between a number one option, an all-star, and a superstar that can get your team to the next level, get your team getting wins. That That's my biggest takeaway from it. There's obviously other issues, Riker, but... You know, Pascal Siakam, I have really high expectations for him. And if I just saw him as a just an all-star player, I'd be, you know, fine and not critique him. But this season, I've been really hard on him to get those timely buckets, even when he's not hitting shots, and be aggressive and get to the rim. But there's points in the game where he just looks really passive. Yeah, well, that's your biggest takeaway. Mine is that, to me, the jury is out on this Nick Nurse-style defense where he said, let's double the best player out on the court. And it's difficult on a team where you have two potential superstar players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But to me, Paul George tonight, he wasn't really a factor. 13 points, that's not Paul George-esque numbers. They were letting Mm -hmm. Montrezl Harrell get points. They were giving Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly open threes, a lot of corner threes. To me, Ben, this defense, if you're not going to, one, you know, 
limit at least three-point opportunities. If your help defense is not going to be good enough that you can cover that uh, that skip pass over into the, the opposite corner, then there's no point in doubling. Second, if you're going to double and the man can break the double, if he can get through and you know slip through, Kawhi Leonard did that at least three times last night, what's the point of bringing a second man over, yep. right? If he's mm-hmm. going to get past one, why bring a second guy over and let him get past two? That makes no sense. Have a strong enough double that you're setting up literally a wall, force them to make a pass. That And then three, the biggest issue is if you're getting torched and you're not willing to show different style defenses to throw different you know, different sets at the offensive players, what's the point of running a double team the entire game? Of course, once you yep. figure out how to beat it, then you're just going to keep doing those same things. So to me, the jury's out. We've got blown out by the heat because of the extras, the Ben McElmores and the Austin Rivers. Tonight we got blown out by the Lou Williams and the three-point shooters. It's just been the same thing over and over, Ben, and I'm I'm not impressed. Yeah, certainly. And you've brought this up on multiple podcasts, and I, I agree with you, especially tonight. Leaving Lou Williams open in the corner is not a smart defensive strategy, and you, you made an excellent point, too. Double teaming, if you're going to double team, don't let them split through it. You can, you got to build that wall, especially. But the the thing that I've been harping on, especially, is you got to vary up and switch the style of defense. And, you know, you mentioned it as well just then. The, the Toronto Raptors let the other team kind of adapt and that's why we go on super long scoring runs and the coach calls the timeout and then they end up you know figuring out what the Toronto Raptors are doing and you know if we don't have different sets that work and we saw it in the first half you know the Raptors started off the game pretty strong and then the second quarter just completely Doc Rivers called a couple timeouts figured out the Raptors style defense and the the Clippers went on a massive run had a 37 to 14 uh, uh, I don't know what to call it deficit the Raptors lost that quarter by I can't do quick maths. I'm, my brain is fried out from, from math already today. But, you know, the, the Toronto Raptors, they have to make adjustments. They have to do different things. And if Kawhi Leonard, superstar, Paul George, superstar is on the wing just standing there, they're good enough passers to where if you have a, two shorter defenders guarding them, they're going to be able to throw a pass over top, right? They They need to send the double when they're making the move. And when the Raptors did that tonight, they actually got a couple steals on Kawhi. Kawhi, Paul George, they had a few turnovers. The The Raptors did some defensive things, honestly, when their rotations were late because when the double comes and the player's in the move, that toughs a lot passer than when the defense is already set, the, you know, the offense is set to combat this double team like the coach draws up, and then, you know, they can score four on three. So Nick Nurse... He has some great ideas, and I think the double teams will work if ran effectively, but unfortunately, the the Toronto Raptors have not been running them effectively in the past few games. Well, Ben, it's like we're familiar with Nick Nurse playing chess on both offense and defense. He's thinking Mm -hmm. four or five moves ahead, and it would make sense logically if you're thinking as a chess player that once you go on a run and you force the opposing team to call a timeout, that you as well adjust whatever your defensive or offensive set is, so that whatever they've talked about during the timeout is nullified, right? Because they're not going to be able to predict how you're going to change it also in the timeout. But instead, we're seeing Nick Nurse over this past five-game stretch. He's reverted to playing checkers or some more simple game where it's just very linear and he's he's not throwing out adaptive lineups and adaptive defensive sets and offensive strategies like we're used to. It's just leaving me a little bit surprised. It's making me want more from this team because we've had flashes, you mentioned it, of good things, of positive things. OG Ananobi tonight looks solid, even though his box score he was one of the worst on the team, worst for plus minus. 
bad shooting percentage. I thought defensively he looked really solid tonight. Norman mm-hmm. Powell you talked about. His offensive game has been on an absolute roll. We have guys that have disappeared like Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry still hasn't been able to find his footing. But Marc Gasol had one of his better games yet of the season. So we have all these dissimilar pieces. None of them are really meshing together well. And like I said, the guy that's usually the, at the helm of it all, bringing seemingly incoherent things together to make them one beautiful, symmetric, you know, aggressive-style basketball, the true Toronto Raptors-style basketball, it just hasn't been there of late, and it's leaving me scratching my head as to thinking, what, what, needs to be, what needs to be different? What needs to change? Yeah, certainly, and I know a lot of Raptors fans are calling for trades and calling for complete switch-ups or rotation moves, you know, taking Kyle Lowry to the bench and stuff, and you know, if this, I don't, I'm not ready to go that far with it and say the team needs to blow up because this team has been good. If you look back to Raptors fandom, Raptors sentiments just a week ago, right? We were expecting this team to to be competing for a final spot. So it, just after one week, we can't be ready to to blow all the things up. But at what point, Riker? A couple questions. At what point should the Toronto Raptors, should they be worried now? Should they be really worried about this season, you know, not making, maybe not making the playoffs or getting like one of those eighth seeds or, or something like that? You know, at what point should the Toronto Raptors worry if this stretch continues? And how long do we give Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka to come back? How many games will it take for them to get back to the way they were playing at the beginning of the year? Because ever since two of the, those guys have come back, I don't mind the way they've been playing, to be 100% honest. I think they've been taking the right shots. They've been doing the other things on the court pretty well, playing good defense, playing within the offense. I don't think the chemistry and all that, like the narrative some people have brought up are... I think those have been a bit over-exaggerated, but they aren't hitting their shots right now, and that cannot be disputed. How long can we give them to to get back in the groove? Or, you know, when at what point should Nick Nurse make some changes? Well, your first question, when should we be worried? The reason that we were high on them a week ago, high on the Raptors, is because we had a victory against the Lakers and a loss mm-hmm. against the Clippers. That's fine. So we've yeah. won and won the two front runners for the NBA championship. And then we did a good job against the 76ers. And you like to keep bringing up that we had a significant lead at the half against the Utah Jazz, which we let slip in the third quarter, but we still got the victory, right? Yeah. But well, other, than that, other than that, we did not beat any plus 500 teams. Now... We've lost to the Celtics, the Rockets, the 76ers this time around, uh, the Clippers again. Now this is, this is why I'm worried because we haven't competed in any of these games. They're not close. They're not down to the wire. We let the game slip at the second quarter and then have been struggling back from 20-point uh, deficits to end the game. Sometimes they've been close, but they've all really, regardless of the box score, have been much more separated than that, right, each game. Yeah. That's the reason that everybody's worried right now because we haven't once, except for the Lakers game, shown that we can really compete against any of these top teams. The issue with Lowry, I uh, talk about Serge Ibaka in a second, we have to, we, we can't give up on him now because Fred Van Vliet is out. Uh, I don't know yeah. what his timeline looks like, but who do we turn to if not Kyle Lowry in these moments when, when our boy Fred is gone? Serge Ibaka, he's been really disappointing because... He's not making his mid-range jumper. And what offensive game does he give to you if not his mid-range shot or a spot-up three? You know, he doesn't deliver a lot extra to you. Sometimes he'll get in the post, but I've been disappointed with both, and I'm saying this word a lot, but I've been disappointed with both Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka because off of low post positions and offensive rebounds, they love to fade away and shoot yeah. off of the right hook. And 
go up strong. You know, this is a smaller team. Besides Zubac, every player on the uh, Los Angeles Clippers is smaller than our big men, and they would still mm-hmm. settle for follow it, fadeaway baby hooks. So yeah. I would say I would pull trigger on Serge Ibaka. I don't think there's a market for him before I would Kyle Lowry. And I, I think Kyle Lowry, we just got to give him his time, and hopefully the offense will start flowing through him again. Yeah, certainly. And you brought up a point on Serge Ibaka because – He's a guy that's been super ever since the start of last year. Ever since Nick Nurse moved him to his natural position at the at this time of the NBA, obviously he was a power forward when the league was more grit and grind underneath the rim. But in today's NBA, Sergi Baca is a center, and ever since he's been playing center for the Toronto Raptors, he's been absolutely amazing. You mentioned he hits not he hits those mid range jump shots. He's a lot better in those threes, and honestly, I'd argue his post hook is usually pretty good because usually he does it aggressively. But you know, since he's come back from injury, it's looked a bit off and he's fading away similar to Gasol has I completely agree with you on Gasol but Serge Ibaka you know usually goes into the rim and finishes more aggressive and he has to do that more to get back in, into his rhythm and Serge Ibaka even though he he's solid on defense he gets you rebounds he is not the he doesn't impact the game in the other areas like Gasol does so we kind of give a pass to Gasol because usually he he does phenomenal underneath on positioning defense he makes assists he does different things when his scoring isn't down Serge Ibaka is a bucket getter he needs to continue to be a bucket getter to be an asset for this Toronto Raptors team especially with Fred VanVleet out you know where Norman Powell stepped into the starting lineup you know whether whether he remains a starter or not you know we don't have that extra firepower of Norm or Fred so Serge Ibaka is that main guy other than you know, our starters to be, to be getting points, to be getting points. And when the bench has come in, they've really struggled. And there, you know, Terrence Davis, he had a couple threes, but he's not going to be reliable to score a lot of points. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, his energy, he's, you know, he, he's an energy guy. He's not a guy that'll create his own shot. Obviously, Patrick McCaw, Malcolm Miller, they, they aren't capable of doing that. Chris Boucher maybe has potential, but he hasn't really been getting run for the Raptors either. So, you know, the, for this team to have success, especially with these injuries, Sergi Baca needs to be there. Kyle Lowry needs to be hitting his open shots. And, you know, if we continue to go down this route, I'm not ready to, to get worried and, and frustrated with this team. But it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, it's something to look out for. Yeah, and I think fans are going to be taking a break from the Toronto Raptors as well. It's tough to be a fan. Obviously, Toronto Raptors fans are extremely passionate and knowledgeable about the game of basketball, so it's disheartening, it's frustrating to watch these games where they're really not in it from beginning to end. So unless, you know, I I think that most people would agree that it's unlikely that we were going to want to do some sort of blockbuster trade. I don't know what kind of market there is for a blockbuster trade, but... um, you know, if they can't figure out the team as is and scrape together some necessary wins, then it's going to be tough. You know, maybe the Raptors will have to sit on the back burner a bit because obviously they're going to make the playoffs and then, you know, check mm-hmm. back in again after after the Christmas break and see how they're doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's, there's rumors about Kyle Lowry and the Timberwolves or the Timberwolves are really interested in him, but we're going to make a whole other video on that. So we're, we're, we got to swing into the segments. We're going deep into this podcast tonight. For me, the spicy pea lay of the day. You know, there there wasn't too... The game was pretty disheartening, but there were some fun plays. Pascal Siakam had a ridiculous block in this one. He had a nice back cut where Gasol threw him the ball for, for a nasty old yam. Uh, Norman Powell hit some great shots. Do you have any spicy pea lays in mind on top of those, Riker? Those are the ones, man. Those are the ones, yeah. Not all plays can be the spicy pea lay of the day, and some just make you say, oh, geez. Do you have an OGs in mind? Oh... I, I have just one the if you refs, don't have man. One. The refs are my OGs. Every call, it felt like we were playing an away game, but you take it away yeah. with a specific play. 
Yeah, because I, I think we can move that to Damari Carroll Gold Star because there's one OGs that, that really caught me caught me off, you know, got me made me say OGs, and Norman Powell, it was I believe it was at the end of the second half, came down, I think he was looking for a two-for-one, so he went full speed, ran straight into Kawhi Leonard, and it was, it was a half-court set, but he ran full speed into him and then just threw the ball out of bounds. Made no sense. Didn't really. He's been. Ha- he was having a good game, and I, I didn't know what was was occurring at that point. But definitely me, made me say, "Oh, geez." You could and, say he was uh, playing like Terrence Ross out there, Ben, with the turnovers. <laughs> that is that. Honestly, that is the case. He did. He scored a lot better than than T. Ross usually does. So I'll, I'll give him a pass tonight. But and another minor OGs. Drake was on the sidelines, and that man is literally painted gold. I I don't know how much spray cans of spray tan that man's had on him, but. It was not a good look. Drizzy needs to to lay off lay off the sun or the fake spray tans or tanning booths or whatever because it, it's not a good look, Drizzy. <laughs> Fair enough. And the one, the only, the Mario Carroll Gold Star Award for worst performance of the night. Ben, I got a quick one. Then you can talk. Take it away. Quick one is I was unfortunate enough to get the ESPN stream. I'm giving the gold star to myself because I had nothing positive to say about Richard Jefferson or Doris Burke. And my God, they are terrible. They are terrible. I don't remember the name of the other guy that was doing. He was fine, but to listen to those two yabble on was just god awful. And my opinion of them is getting the Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. That's very fair. I was fortunate enough. I, I made sure to get the Raptor stream for this one. Doris Burke's usually pretty good, though. I no. she she got no, a lot better. Listen, they spent the entire time bashing the Raptors. Like they went mm-hmm. in so deep into only talking about the Clippers that they started talking about, um, who is it? Oh, Sugar. His name, uh, he's on the Clippers, and he has dread, or he has cornrows. Motley? Or? Yeah. What? Who is it? Jordan Robbins. I, I am, I have no, Walton Jr.? Yeah, just one of the guys. They just, <laughs> they went into a deep dive about how he's going to do in his, in the playoffs this season. Mo Harkless? Yeah, Mo Harkless, okay, and they missed, okay, like, three go. crucial referee calls. There was, like, a bunch of action, and then they just zoomed in on uh, Doris Burke's face to listen to this talk about Mo Harkless and his potential in the playoffs. I, ridiculous, Ben. Ridiculous. We got to start winning games so we can be be real, real like, so we can fire back at these American reporters. But, you know, that's how it be. The Toronto Raptors lost a few ones. We'll bounce back. Things will be fine. We have a we have a good squad. Raptors know how to, but they they fight through adversity. Anyways, you guys have been fighting through adversity, watching these games, getting through the podcast because it was a tough watch. But the the Raptors, they'll be good. And Kawhi Leonard, we won a chip last season. We it can't be all sunshine and rainbows. We need we need that adversity so we inevitably play the Bucks in the first round and knock them out and make it to the NBA Finals. So that's how it be. You're the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Hope you like the the Kawhi intro. One of my friends made it for me for my birthday and decided to save it for this game. So shout out to Finn and uh, Riker. Any last words? It's for me, Ben. Cheers. <laughs>